I think that in general, there are two basic approaches um, for effective out-of-school time programs. One is how they, how they approach learning, and their approach to learning, I think I would put in one general category. Programs that are very proactive, that uh, recognize where kids are in terms of, of their own learning performance and their achievement, um, you know, and, move, and move those kids forward and they focus on acceleration of learning, a very proactive model. Um, so it's, I think a lot has to do with how they approach learning in that space. It's fun, it's informal, it's engaging. And then the other piece of it that I think is really critical for programs um, to focus on are all the infrastructure components that are really essential um, for out-of-school time programs to be successful. Things like staffing, things like sustainable funding, um, making sure that there's strong leadership um, in place in those programs. And so you have to both have your approach to learning right and all of those infrastructure components to really have a successful program. I think an important characteristic of, of high-quality summer programs for early um, elementary school age kids is a very intentional focus on, on reading and on making sure that young people have access to a range of, of literacy instruction, um, a balanced literacy approach where they're reading books every day, where they're getting some explicit instruction and phonics and phonemic awareness if, the, if those are areas where, where kids really need reinforcement. Um, particularly for emerging readers, um, summers cannot be a vacation from, from literacy instruction and from, and from books and from exposure to reading. Well, there are countless examples across the country of, of places and programs that serve a few thousand kids who, um, who for example, might take um, a great program in Denver, Colorado called Summer Scholars that um, takes early elementary school age kids, provides um, full day comprehensive summer, summer programs where kids get access to reading, to math instruction, but also all the kids take swimming lessons and they learn how to swim by the end of the summer, which I think is a great example of a way to blend um, both the enrichment experiences as well as the academic support um, and enrichment. And I think significantly in the case of that program in, in Denver, they're serving significant numbers of English language learners um, and populations of kids who otherwise wouldn't have access to these kinds of experiences. Research shows that physical activity over the summer months and maintaining a healthy diet over the summer months are really critical, um, and that's true for kids of, at all ages. Um, in fact, recent research from Ohio State shows that um, young people early, in the early grades gain um, weight at a much more uh, at a much more rapid rate during the summer than they do during the regular school year, um, and this has dangerous implications for the growing trend in childhood obesity. And so, you know, our center certainly recommends that all young people have access to um, structured meal programs during the summer months. And so, um, you know, obviously whether that happens at school or at home, um, you know, that's going to vary by, by child and by family. But the, uh, the idea is that there should be, um, you know, healthy meals and that kids should be outside, should be physically active during the summer. And that can be an, a, an important and a critical part of, of a summer learning program. 
I think there's some wonderful examples and some very exciting, innovative models of how summer programs are using technology um, to enhance, uh, enhance learning um, and using technology as a tool to further young people's exploration and creativity. Um, I think of examples where kids are involved in um, sound and, and video production um, over the summer months. I think you, you can see um, the YouTube um, videos is, is fairly ubiquitous and a lot of summer programs are using those in very um, creative and innovative ways. Um, I think there are examples of young people who are doing um, graphic design and web development and summer programs are just a great venue um, for technology and for exploration in that area. I think for many of us we have this wonderful image of summer as this time for relaxation, for this time for vacation, for creative exploration, for um, as this wonderful, wonderfully regenerative um, time of year. Um, and we know when we look um, in high poverty communities that um, we are very far from, real, from, from that being the reality for many kids um, in this country. And so um, summer is a time when parents um, struggle to find access to high quality programs, when they struggle to find access to healthy meals, to safe places for their kids to go um, with adult supervision during the summer months. And as important as it, as it is for us to make sure our own individual kids um, have access to, um, to high quality summer experiences, I think we have a, a broader social responsibility as a nation to make sure that all of our young people have access to these opportunities. And, you know, until and unless we start um, building more summer program opportunities for young people, we're really not going to be able to close the achievement gap and we're not going to be able to make sure that all of our young people have, have opportunities to succeed. This is a critical time of year. I think what the research says very strongly and very convincingly um, is that young people need to be engaged in learning year-round, um, regardless of, of what, what particular setting they're, they're in, um, whether that's a school setting or a community-based organization or at home. Um, I think rather than fighting a battle over um, when the school year starts and ends, we should really be working together um, to make sure that more parents and more kids and more families have access to choices during the summer months. And so when we look at when we look out in the field and see what opportunities actually exist for kids, there are opportunities in community-based organizations and libraries and camps and other kinds of experiences for kids. And we think a perhaps a better strategy than to say to to extend the school year and to add, add days to the calendar would be to really make sure that parents who don't have access right now to take advantage of those opportunities take advantage of them. So our vision would be that lower income families, um, kids who live in high poverty communities, have the same access to choices um, and to opportunities that middle and upper income families provide for their kids. And it strikes me that schools are an important part of that. Um, there could be really, and there are very good models of school-linked or school-based programs, um, but they're certainly not the only partner um, that needs to be involved in that. For author interviews, recommended reading lists, and information about teaching kids to read, please visit us online at www.readingrockets.org.